Welcome everyone to another episode of The Scuttlebot. I'm your host, Sean Hall, Director of Programming with the Veterans Breakfast Club. Uh, I'm excited for this episode today because every season we tend to dive into the military headlines and bring you some new storylines that we're reading. Uh, but this one in particular, we came across some weird ones. So we decided to make a news of the weird uh, from the military. There's a lot of fun stuff that we're gonna get to. Along with that type of news, we also have several videos that we want to show. If you are listening to this podcast, please jump over to the YouTube channel or watch this on veteransbreakfastclub.org forward slash scuttlebutt, uh, because I think you're going to be interested in the videos that we're going to show. One of them being an Air Force recruitment video, another being a PSYOPs recruitment video, and another one that I don't want to ruin. It comes near the end of the, po uh, the podcast, so you'll have to watch through to, to view that one. It's pretty funny. Um, but overall, we thought it'd be good to have a humorous take on the military news that we've been seeing. And I think you'll find it pretty humorous as well. So without further ado, enjoy the episode. Hey everyone, my name is Ryan All. I'm an army veteran and I am uh, here at the Pittsburgh Vet Center where we provide readjustment counseling to veterans. And uh, we're gonna give, we're gonna go over some hot topics on the scuttlebutt with my buddy, Sean here. I always like doing the, like the news episodes of the scuttlebutt. We sort of pile everything into one episode, but this one feels a little more like the news of the weird as, as yeah. we sort of like went across the headlines. We're like, there's some interesting military headlines that are happening right now that are just like out there. And we have some videos to play. And uh, like I said, in the intro, jump over to YouTube and watch this episode on YouTube. Cause there are three videos that we want to show during this episode um, that are all military related, uh, but what we want to get to is, though, before we get to the news of the weird, we do want to um, highlight one particular article. Uh, this comes from the stripes.com, Stars and Stripes. Um, and, you know, I say this, Stars and Stripes, because a lot of times we say, like, this comes from Military Times, or this comes from um, military.com, or this, this comes from Task and Purpose. Task so and Purpose, that. that's another one. Um, yeah. But I'm going to get on uh, to the scuttlebutt, a Military Times journalist. Uh, an, an actual military journalist uh, to talk about all of the different uh, forms that you can get your news from, all the different platforms you can get your military news from, and uh, and talk about where. Because as a civilian, it's just like you don't really know where to go, so you have all these different places. But which ones, you know, should you really look at, and what what highlights, you know, particular aspects of the military? Um, we'll get into that in a future episode. Anyway, uh, this. First one comes from starsandstripes.com. Uh, a two-star general becomes the first woman to lead Horn of Africa Command. This is U.S. Army Major General Jamie Shali uh, recently took over in Djibouti. Um, this is sort of a big milestone in the, in the military's 20-year mission there. She is a 92 graduate of West Point. She took over from U.S. Africa Command's General Stephen Townsend. Um, this seems like a really big deal, uh, Ryan, right? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's uh, I think the general population and even a lot of the military doesn't understand how much we're doing in Africa right now, which is a lot. Um, so it is, it's a, it's a big deal. I think that there is a, we, we catch snippets in the news here and there, but the, the fact that, you know, just the fact that there's a new general in charge uh, uh, is, is a big deal, right? There's the, that is a growing uh, area, um, especially when you talk about, you know, the, the idea of the global war on terror and, and, and all of these other things. But um, that is that is an area that is getting a lot more attention, sub-Saharan Africa, for sure. On the ground, did you ever have to go through a change in a change in leadership like this? And what does it mean for the guys that are, you know, boots on the ground? Uh, typically, uh, yeah, um, there there were changes in command, you know, when I was when I was on the ground. But, you know, mostly it, it takes a while for it to reach like 
the guys on the on the ground, right? There might be policy changes or whatever, but the mission is still going to stay mostly the same for the most part in most cases. But you know how that's going to be accomplished. It usually takes a while to, to trickle down to that and what that means, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, how they want to accomplish those missions. I mean, the the new leader might have different priorities or whatever, but it usually takes a little while to to trickle down. All right. Yeah. Um, well, diving into a bit of our news of the weird. Uh, this next one comes from militarytimes.com. This week, Congress is going to hear information about UFOs. So the members of the House Select Intelligence Committee will hold an open hearing on what they're calling unidentified aerial phenomena. Uh, this is the first time in 50 years that they are going to uh, hold an open hearing about this. Um, the move comes almost one year after a military report outlined 144 instances of unidentified aerial phenomena. I'm just gonna call them UFOs uh, from 2004 to 2021. Uh, That seems like a lot of UFOs. So if you want to get a real sense of how crazy the world is right now, is that this is like, this is not even, you know, big news, right? It's not, it's not like the number one thing that you're hearing about on everything. Like, hey, you know, there's UFOs and uh, yeah, they just happen and we're going to have a congressional hearing about it and see what's going on. Like, there are there are segments and subcultures of this country and this world that are probably just going nuts right now. Like this is it, this is it. And the world is so crazy that you know it's a it's 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 barely even noticed, right? Like right. When fifty years too. I mean, that's going back to like Area Fifty One, like you yeah. know the tinfoil hats and and whatnot. Uh, that you have these things that that everybody believes are are like somehow alien in nature. But you also have to think that. A lot of countries are developing drones, and we have a lot of planes in the sky all around the world. So they're going to be seeing some things that they may not even fully understand or recognize. For sure. I mean, I think that the only you know way that we we would even be satisfied is if one lands and a you know a little green man gets out, right? That's the <laughs> and even then yeah. there's going to be people that be like, that's fake. You know, that was <laughs> fake news. That's not real. Right. I, I don't know. I don't know. It's 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 amazing. It's astonishing. I'm going to have to keep up with it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I want to know. I want to know what's out there. I want to believe. <laughs> I want to believe, Sean. And that's the problem. See, this is what the article was saying, that there's obviously there's going to be a ton of jokes about this because like yeah. you can't not make jokes about the fact that we're going to talk about the UFOs in a congressional committee hearing, you know, <laughs> and it, and you're right. Until one of these things lands or, or God forbid, goes Independence Day on us, like, you know, we're pretty much just going to be like, okay, yeah, whatever. It was just like a drone or a kid flying a little helicopter or something like that. But, you know, um, you see video of these, of these UFOs that the, the, the military releases, and they are pretty strange. Like, they're either, you know, super fast or super small, or the pilots are saying, like, what the heck is that thing? Um, so they're all sort of like freaking out over this. I'm interested to hear what's going to come out of the hearings. Uh, I will put the link in the description of when and where you will be able to go back and sort of watch these hearings and dis- the, you know, hear the description of them. Um, but certainly, the truth is out there, potentially. <laughs> potentially. Um, next one. Uh, next one we're going to do, it comes from Task and Purpose. They are actually, I love this, they are doing a whole week of myth busting on their website, military myth busting. And the one that really caught my eye because we're in Pittsburgh is how the myth that Mr. Rogers was a deadly military sniper began. And did you, in the the army, did you believe that he was a military sniper? 
So I don't know if I believed it, but I had definitely heard it, right? I had heard that Mr. Rogers was, you know, you know, Mr. Special Forces and had been in Vietnam and was just, you know, a real, real hardcore, um, real hardcore badass. And uh, there's a there's a part of you that, you know, all all these, you know, lies or myths, they have like a kernel of, of truth in there or something that, that makes you want to believe it. And I think, you know, what it is, is we have this, uh, we have this idea in our head that maybe, you know, those guys who have been through a whole bunch, right, the, the, the real tough guys, the, the SEALs, the Green Berets, like the guys who do the most tend to talk the least, right? And, okay. and you, you have like this, like they don't have to prove anything to anybody. They know they're, they know they're hardcore. They know what they can do. Right. They don't have to like prove it to anybody. So it's just fun to imagine that this guy who runs a kid's show is actually a, you know, decorated war veteran. And, uh, you know, he's like, you know, it's, he's just such a nice, such a nice role model for everyone. And it was sort of debunked. Um, this the article makes mention of an episode of the Movie Makers podcast hosted by Tim Malloy and interviewing a beautiful day in the neighborhood screenwriters, Noah Harpster and Micah uh, Fitzerman Blue. Harpster does go on to say, and this is how the myth is busted. So there was actually a guy named Fred Rogers who was a Marine, he was a sharpshooter, and he started a security business. And he, for a moment, put up a website. He bought the website called fredrogers.com as his business. And it was almost immediately taken down. But people found this website because nothing ever dies on the internet. Right. Ever since then, America has Americans have really believed that Mr. Rogers, this wholesome guy who just wants to be your neighbor and wears a sweater and talks to these imaginary characters, uh, was this super deadly sniper in Vietnam? Yeah, I mean, in an alternate universe, this is just his, you know, for Mr. Rogers is just, he's just living out his coping mechanism. And he's, you know, <laughs> he's, he's talking keep... to these, can you just imagine like <laughs> the fun you could have with that? I mean. Oh, completely. Like, it, you know, he's the, he's the guy that he, you see pictures of him just smiling and you're like, oh boy, what if he was a death dealing, crazy, like, you know, super Marine and was out there, mm-hmm you know, taking out whole squadrons, like this guy's yeah. keeping his neighborhood safe. And yet he just wants to be a neighbor. Yeah, um, like, Watch out for Charlie in the wire, Daniel <laughs> Tiger. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, next, next one, this, this, we're going to start our video. So if you haven't jumped over to YouTube, now's the time If you download this episode, jump over to YouTube, because uh, also coming from task and purpose, and this is going to be on an upcoming episode of The Scuttlebutt. And Ryan and I are stoked about this, is that Top Gun Maverick comes out this week. Of the airing of this episode, Top Gun Maverick is out. Ryan and I and Catherine and Evan, we're going to do a movie review of Top Gun, of Top Gun Maverick, and of another movie, I think the 1517 to Paris. We're going to yeah. talk about all those movies. Mainly, we're excited to talk about Top Gun Maverick because we want to buzz towers. Yeah, but we all know that the original Top Gun was a huge recruiting tool for the Navy. Like a lot of guys joined after watching Top Gun and rightfully so. It is the best flight fighter pilot movie I think ever made. You can't, there's nothing that tops it except for maybe the new Top Gun Maverick, which we haven't seen yet. But coming from task and purpose, the Air Force is hoping to snag Top Gun Maverick fans with a recruiting ad before the movie. We're gonna play this ad right now and it's sick. 
There are, there's an F-22 Raptor that is pulling what's called a J maneuver in this video. I mean, if I could do this, and it takes a lot of skill to be able to pull this off, you, you know, you're not going to do this straight out of, out of uh, what flight school. Um, but let's take a watch for the Air Force's recruiting video that they're playing before the new Top Gun Maverick movie. Let me know if you can hear this mute sound. The Earth is 70% water. and 30% land. F-22. The entire sky belongs to us. you watched that is that the first time you've seen that ryan uh yeah yeah is your heart I, pounding it is <laughs> i want to kick on the afterburners i want to kick the tires and light the fires let's go like wow so i mean top gun you know when i was a kid that was my movie and that's what made me wanted to be a fighter pilot right but then you know i didn't have good enough eyesight or whatever and same that was uh yeah but that the, I mean, I'm sure the Navy is going to be like, hey, man, you're stepping on our turf. Like, this is a Navy movie. Exactly. Um, yeah. But I guess, you know, if Air Force is going to pay for it. Navy's probably like, ah, sure. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, there's like recruit recruiting is hard, right? Like the, the Air Force doesn't have enough pilots and, you know, they, you know, the military doesn't have enough people and so on. So like anything like this to like get people excited. I mean, I think it's fun. And like, uh the the movie is probably going to be amazing and hopefully there's so many people that run to the recruiter's office that they that they have to spread all the pilots around they have to spread mm -hmm. all the mavericks around and they gotta you know maybe maybe they they should do like an event i'm just spitballing here but maybe they're like show up at the recruiting event get get free lunch get a cool call sign we'll give you one and sign up for the military you just everyone gets a call sign every city should have a simulator yeah. Every city a simulator. I would go and pay good money to go sit in an F-22 simulator and do dogfights. But you're also going to get those teenagers who are like, I play video games my whole life. I can go in and do that. Um, but those are the guys that you're looking at. Like, hey, this is this is yeah. adrenaline rush or, you know, this is a way to serve in a very like a cool way. I mean, we had the F-15 pilot come on, um, uh, come onto the scuttlebutt. Talk about, you know, what it's like to, to fly one of these things. Um, but in that article, they also talk about an F-15 pilot who transitioned to the F-22. And he was like, it's like pretty much going from, you know, driving a bus to driving, uh, you know, a lightning bolt. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's not even fair to, to the other guy who's trying to dogfight you when you're in an F-22. He's like, it's built for this. Um, and yeah, and there's not that many of them. Like they already sort of transitioned to the F-35, but the F-22 is there to, to really be like, the, the boxer like he's that those are sent in to uh to do the dog fighting air superiority yeah that's what they're there for and it's it's exciting i was kind of so 
The one thing that I saw in the in the Top Gun Maverick commercials that I was a little bit disappointed with is they seem to be flying F-18s in that movie, which is cool and everything. Like F-18s are awesome, but it's not new. I wanted something new. Like an F-18 has been around forever. I wanted them to be like, we're going to be flying F-35s or F-22s or whatever. Or mm-hmm. I, I don't know. Like that was the, like, I'm sure probably there's going to be a big reveal halfway through the movie. Like because of this special mission, Maverick, we need to give you the top piece of equipment. And they're going to be like, dun, 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 here's the F-110, you know, and they're going to be like, <laughs> Only you can fly at Maverick, and then he's gonna like single-handedly like defeat communism or something. (laughs) I'm sending this clip of your your movie voice (laughs) to 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 Hollywood, and I'm they're gonna get you in in Top Gun three with Miles Teller, (laughs) because you know now you're gonna make a franchise. There's gonna be a Top Gun universe now, and they're gonna have to do all that. But you might be right. Um, I do know that there is a super advanced. uh, plane in Top Gun Maverick that was, uh, it, it's completely fictional, but was so real, there's headlines about this, that yeah. China was actually surveilling the production because they thought it was real. <laughs> this is what the filmmakers said. You got to look up this headline. I'll put it I, in the description. I do. See, I, I mean, it makes sense, right? It mm-hmm. makes sense. But I'm not, I'm not signing on to Top Gun 3 without Kelly McGinnis. That's my contract. I need... From the first movie? Yeah. She's got to be, she's going to be my love interest. And that's that's Jennifer Conley, Kelly McGinnis. Give me nope. I'm old school. <laughs> he deserved to be a number two. She did. And I'm not, and I'm not going to be happy until she's back in the Top Gun universe. <laughs> this is a Kelly, preview of your me. critique already. Yes. Call me. We'll, we'll work something out. We'll do lunch. We'll do lunch. Um, yeah. uh, and speaking of recruiting videos, Ryan, you sent me this. Uh, this comes from Military.com. And uh, this is a video, it's about three minutes long, but this video is titled Ghosts in the Machine. This was released on May 2nd, and this comes from the 4th Psychological Operations Group, or PsyOps. Can you give me sort of a a preamble of who PsyOps is? Because when we switch over and people watch this video on the scuttlebutt, they're going to be like, what is You know, psychological operations is like this, it plays a large part in stability and support operations and trying to you know influence the attitudes of the enemy and so on and so forth but especially over the past 20 years it become more and more important because the mission has been to try to win hearts and minds but this video like you want to talk about production value you want to talk about just like a cool factor like never did psyops ever cross my mind in my military career or or in a way that like this would be the type of thing that i would want to do but I'm telling you, like, after watching this video, like, I want to go do that. <laughs> I'm like, this, there's an undeniable cool factor. And what the, what the best part about the video is, is like, it in itself is a successful psychological operation. Right? The video about PSYOPs has effectively, you know, you know, made, changed my mind about, okay. about psychological operations. And I'm like, wow, this is cool. Now, are you ever going to be realistically doing anything, any of the things in this video? I don't know. Probably not. There is a spot in there where they're throwing pamphlets out the back of a plane. I know I've seen them do that. Yeah. I'm not sure exactly. But, you know, the, the video is awesome. Warfare is changing, as they state in the video. And well, they, it, they, they, like, quote Sun Tzu. They quote Shakespeare. Like, it, yeah. there's, there's a lot in this. We'll, we'll, we won't play the whole thing. We'll go through maybe half of it here. But, it is a cool video. Yeah, here we go. 
I will say that I do like the images of chess in this. Yeah. pro-democracy demonstration in China comes to a violent and bloody end. Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. Wolves hiding nearby, whispering do or die. Match. Yeah. There's still about two minutes of that, but I yeah. mean, that just gives you a preamble. That is so Christopher Nolan, like right? I don't know who directed it, but that's a great, and that, it gets more ominous from there. Yeah. So yeah, it makes you feel like, oh, I gotta, we gotta do so, I gotta save the world, something. <laughs> I know, it does. Yeah, you're right. That's a great point. It does feel very Christopher Nolan. It feels like you're in a Batman movie, right? And you're, 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 you're so like, the world is at stake and you have to do something and like the, I mean, the patch is cool. It gives you this historical context. It just l- looks cool. I mean, mm-hmm. it's just cool, right? So, I mean, if you're trying to recruit people, especially, you know, kids, you know, nowadays who who might be more interested in that, and you're looking to get people to, to serve in different capacities, like, mm-hmm. there, there it is. Whether you're the tip of the spear or not, I don't know. Maybe you're... <laughs> Maybe like the digital, the digital tip of the spear. The, di- the, di- the digital tip of the spear. <laughs> You're onto something there. You gotta, you gotta TM that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So uh, moving on from from that mind, <laughs> mind fakakal. Uh, this comes from <laughs> MilitaryTimes.com. Uh, I thought this was an interesting article. Twenty three things veterans may carry for life. I'm gonna, I'm gonna list a couple of these, and for veterans listening, you may, you may relate to some of these because it is kind of a tongue in cheek ish list. Uh, but Ryan, uh, you know, you let me know, uh, as I read through a couple of these, um, what your thoughts are, uh, because there's a fair number of them here. Um, number one, an incessant need to roll socks. I mean, I, so I'm surprised that's number one. Like, do I roll my socks? Yes. Do I feel it's an incessant need? I, I don't know, but maybe it's so subconscious. Maybe it's so ingrained in me that I guess, you know what? Fair point. I, I will agree with that because when I met my wife, she never rolled her socks and it drove me nuts. So <laughs> I guess two. now we now we're sock rollers in my family. And it's is your probably, daughter a sock roller too? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. She loves to mate the socks. So at, they were right. Yeah. Number two, bad knees. Oh, 100 percent Yes. Yeah. Three, the misguided idea that ibuprofen and fresh socks will cure any ailment. Well, the problem there is that it's not misguided. It will fix any ailment. <laughs> Four, uh, tinnitus. What? <laughs> <laughs> yes there was connected yep the five the ability to sleep anywhere 100 percent. yeah that's that's true 
Six, the plight of not being able to sleep at all. <laughs> also, yes. Seven, old combat boots. They're great for mowing the lawn or a trip to Home Depot. Grass stains come right off. They're right there. You don't have to worry. It can be a little muddy. No big deal. Eight, fear of take tests. Not if you're a fit fighting machine like me. <laughs> Nine, issues with authority figures. Just yes. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> 10, back to pain, back pain. Sarah's connected again. Yep. yep. 11, t-shirts from strange events and places they don't remember going. Yeah, I would say. 12, a whoopee that has seen better days. First of all, if you don't know what a whoopee is, um, it, is, it, is the mo it is the piece of, of field equipment that you as a, as a grunt can carry around because it's light and it's comfortable and it's kind of a joke, but everyone makes fun of it and they also love it. So <laughs> the whoopee. The whoopee. 13, a swearing problem that is foobar. Heck, I got better after I had a kid and wanted to just keep a relationship going with my significant <laughs> other. But yes, I mean, sentence enhancement is what we like to call it. Oh, that's a good one. Sentence enhancement. Yeah. I'm keeping that. Uh, 14, <laughs> a love-hate relationship with acronyms. Yeah, you kind of just are like, oh, God, come on, do we need to really have an acronym for everything? <laughs> 15, total disdain for PowerPoint. Uh, you get you do you, you get there especially in on my career path when I went from enlisted to officer and then everything was about powerpoints yeah yeah you know it's yeah. funny because at VBC a lot of our stuff is power powerpoints but I did not know that that military veterans may not like them I'm gonna bring oh, that yeah. up at our next live event Monday nights at seven uh 16 <laughs> scars from barracks shenanigans gone awry yeah, I mean, that happens. Uh, I don't have any scars, but I've seen some some very silly things happen in, in barracks. Uh, riding, you know, cardboard boxes downstairs, you know, throwing dart, metal tip darts at each other. It, oh, God, no. It's just, no, there's too yeah. many soft points. <laughs> yeah. 17, a few ugly divorces. Oh, that happens to everyone. I mean, everyone in the Army talks, everyone in the Army talks about their starter wife. Right, so like, <laughs> that's, not, that's, that's true <laughs> 18 a truck they bought after gaining some sense and selling that camaro they financed at 27 percent apr joe you know the young privates they will spend their money on anything and yeah. yep that's typically where it starts a car they're like oh i get a car and i got it from jimmy's down the road right outside base and it was you know costing 30 percent interest <laughs> 19 some weird strip club stories of course. We'll yeah. keep it PC here on Scuttlebutt, but 20, sleep apnea, which probably goes along with not being able to sleep. Yeah, a lot of people have that. 21, yeah. bad tattoos that seemed like a really good idea at the time. Yeah, yeah. I once uh, saw a soldier, he thought I was joking with him. He got his dog tags tattooed on his ribs and they had, sp <laughs> they had spelled his name wrong. <laughs> I'm not kidding. Uh, and he didn't notice it until I pointed it out. His mother was probably so proud. Yeah. Uh, 22, boxy brown t-shirts that somehow have sweat stains in a different, more gross shade of brown. Yeah, 100%. It goes along with, that's what you wear while you're using your old combat boots to mow the lawn. <laughs> and 23, last but not least, a deeply stained, never before washed coffee mug that they, they, they tell everyone is seasoned. Yeah, so there's, I mean, there's like, there's a level there. You you'll typically see that with like a platoon sergeant or a first sergeant, right? They're the ones, every, no one else has has the time to walk around and drink coffee all day but those guys you those know guys. they're they're gonna die before they don't get their cup of coffee in the morning so that's where you'll that's where you'll typically see that <laughs>
And finally, uh, we came across this article, which we had to play. This, this has to do with the, um, uh, the war in Ukraine, but someone made a mockumentary because if you've followed the war in Ukraine, you know that the Russians aren't doing too well with their tanks. Um, in fact, I think some of the Ukrainian army is now using some of the Russian tanks against the Russians. But someone made a David Attenborough uh, mockumentary of a tank, of a Russian tank in Ukraine, uh, which is kind of brilliant. Um, yeah. Let me go ahead and share my screen here as you can see it. Uh, just give it a listen. This is a Russian tank. Like the Pacific Salmon, Russian tanks migrate long distances from the abyss of Russia to end their lives in Ukraine's beautiful fields. Driven by an evolutionary desire to end their life somewhere better, after reaching Ukraine, all species of Russian tank die. The 2022 run was a major event for predators, such as Ukrainian SOF teams, TB2 Bayraktars, and local farmers on tractors. Most tank species pop their turrets to celebrate the end of their life cycles. <laughs> uh, I saw that and just had to share it. It's, I mean, as we've said uh, about uh, Gallo's humor, it seems like that's just a touch of Gallo's humor. Yeah, and it's it's so well done, and it's just it's so funny that it's it's kind of understated. And uh, I mean, hey, you know, bring your bring your seeds, Russia, so that flowers can grow. Okay, because like it's uh, good good for them. I mean, the best you know the best uh, the independence uh, that you're going to treasure the most is is the one that you win win on your own. And I, I'm I'm very you know. Uh, you know, excited to see that the Ukrainians have stood up and uh, and have defended themselves with such vigor. You know, which is which is very encouraging, which is good. So, yeah, definitely a bit of gallows humor there. And the Russians, man, they're not they're not having a good time. No, and uh, mistakes um, were made. <laughs> many many mistakes uh, that you know we we haven't thoroughly gone over here on the scuttle, but uh, mainly because this is an ever evolving conflict. Um, and, and something that uh, I'm sure most people are getting uh, much better news from, from all of these different sources. And uh, I recommend checking out all of these sources. And you can even go on YouTube. There's already, there, people have already started creating a history of the Ukrainian war videos to talk about the stages. You know, we're going into third month, you know, almost yeah. fourth month of this war. Um, so people are already, you know, developing videos to talk about how those stages have either gone wrong for the Russians, how they shifted, where they're at now, where the Ukrainians are at now, uh, ever evolving, like we said. And, and um, I would love to see more David Attenborough or even fake David Attenborough narrated videos about how this, <laughs> how this happened. I think it would be really interesting just to see a spoof on like Putin, right? Just, you know, <laughs> probably. <laughs> and uh, just, you know, just, I mean, cause he, cause he, you know, he would see it and then he would hate it and it'd just be a great way to make fun of a guy who's, you know, a giant a-hole. So <laughs> what is that called? A sentence? Uh, uh, it's not food. Sentence enhancer. A sentence enhancer. Yeah. Thank you. Um, well, thank you uh, to our audience for joining us for a bit of news of the weird uh, around the military headlines. We'll be back with further new episodes of the Scuttlebutt. A lot planned for you here in season six. Um, 
And please like, share, subscribe, ring the bell on YouTube so you're the first to know when we release those new episodes. Uh, Ryan, it's always a pleasure to have you along. Excited to have you along for all the future stuff we have going on. Um, appreciate the support, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Yeah, I'm excited to go see Top Gun, so let's do this. Oh, my God, I can't wait. Um, <laughs> all right, we'll see you. Bye, guys. Thank you for watching this episode of The Scuttlebutt. I'd like to take a moment to thank both of our sponsors, the first being DND Metal Recycling and Auto Salvage. They began as a small hauling and used auto parts operation in the Pittsburgh area in the late 1970s, but they've grown into a full-service metal recycling company with two locations, Lawrenceville and Tarentum. DND accepts all types of metal, both ferrous and non-ferrous, that may be generated by industrial manufacturing, construction and demolition, small commercial entities, as well as individual customers. They have a wide variety of material handling equipment and are capable of managing any type of job in a timely and efficient manner. You can contact them for quotes and availability at D&D. That's dndautosalvage.com. Uh, thank you so much to D&D. Uh, they've been a sponsor for quite some time, and we really appreciate their support. Uh, the second being tobacco-free Adagio Health. They are dedicated to reducing and preventing tobacco use and to getting the word out about the hazards of smoking and secondhand smoke. They're all about health. So they want people to quit and they have classes and nicotine replacement therapy and a popular quit line, which is the easiest number to remember ever, 1-800-QUIT-NOW. They also educate people, children especially, about tobacco use from cigarettes, cigars, pipes, chew, snuff, and other nicotine products like vaping. Finally, Tobacco-Free Adagio Health advocates for public and private policies that ensure healthy places to live, work, and play. You can learn all of what Tobacco-Free Adagio Health offers at tobaccofree.adagiohealth.org, or you can watch our recent episode with Tobacco-Free Adagio Health on the Scuttlebutt, uh, where they talk about a lot of the programs that they offer for those who are looking to quit. Thank you to both of our sponsors for their continued support of the Scuttlebutt podcast. We really appreciate it. Thanks.